بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد. We now come to that third أصل from هذه الأصول الثلاثة. We come to that third principle. And as is well known, the person will be asked, Who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is your prophet? And so this is the third question. And the reality of what the Imam brings now, within the remainder of the book, and when he explains this third question, then the reality of it is that he's going to bring some of the seerah of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this basic knowledge of the seerah, and the biography, and the life of the Prophet sallallahu is so that your shahada and your saying, Nabi Muhammad, that when you say, my Prophet is Muhammad sallallahu is so that it is based upon knowledge and being aware of who Muhammad was. So when you say, Ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, that if it is said to you, man Muhammad hadha, that who is this Muhammad? If that was said to you, and a person who can't answer with a good answer, and a sufficient answer, then as Sheikh Salih, as Sheikh he said, he said that, this is a shahada which is madkhula. A shahada that is weak, a weak shahada. It's not like the one who is strong in his shahada, knows exactly who Muhammad wasallam was. He knows something about him, his basic lineage. He knows about his life, where he was born, what he did throughout his life, those major events, and something about the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And we find that many people, they read and learn about the lives of people far, far lesser than the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu They read their biographies, they study them in detail. Many of us in schools, we are taught about people in the past. We study them. But our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu is more deserving of learning about him, and learning and reading into his biography. As for the name of our Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, as for the name of our Prophet Wasallam, then that is Muhammad. And the scholars differ as to whether there was anyone before the Prophet, if there was anyone before him who was named Muhammad. Some of the scholars, they say, there was no one before Muhammad that was named with that name. That they used to name, the, the Arabs they used to name with Ahmed, they used to name with Hamd. Both of them are taken from that kalima, that word Alhamd, that root, which is Alhamd, meaning uh, praise. But that there was no one before Muhammad with that name. Another group of scholars they said that. There was, there were those who were named Muhammad before our Prophet Muhammad 
Two or three at the most. Very few. Some of the scholars, they said that. As for the meaning of Muhammad, then it is as Sheikh Salih al-Sheikh, Hafidhullah, he said, is, مَنْ يَحْمُدُهُ النَّاسِ عَلَى خِصَالِهِ One whom the people praise. عَلَى خِصَالِهِ They praise his characteristics and his attributes and his traits. That's the meaning of Muhammad. One who is praised. One who is praised by the people. Due to his attributes and his character and his, and his characteristics. And the Prophet ﷺ also has other names. From them, Ahmed. From them, Al-Mahi. Al-Mahi. Al-Ladhi yamhullahu bihi al-Kufr. The one who wipes away. Meaning, the one by whom Allah wipes away al-Kufr, disbelief. And gets rid of disbelief. Other names like Al-Aqib and Al-Bashir. Nadir, Bashir, one who warns, uh, Bashir, one who gives glad tidings, Afwan. Nadir, one who warns, Siraj al-Munir, al-Sadiq, Nabi al-Rahmah, other names. The Imam, he says, al-Asr al-Thalith, that third principle. Ma'rifatu Nabiyyikum Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The knowledge of your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa huwa Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib. Ibn Hashim, wa Hashim in Quraysh, wa Quraysh min al-Arab, wa al-Arab min dhurriyati Ismail ibn Ibrahim al-Khalil, alayhi wa ala nabiyyina, afdal al-salati wa salam. So he says that he is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son of Hashim. And Hashim was from Quraysh. And Quraysh from the Arabs. And the Arabs from the descendants of Ismail, the son of Ibrahim. Upon him and our Prophet, the best of Salat and Salam. And they have come a hadith, ayyul ikhwa, from the Prophet ﷺ, wherein he mentions his own lineage. And the Prophet ﷺ goes to the point where, of where he reaches Adnan. Where he reaches Adnan. The Imam kept it brief here. And then he stopped, when he reached Adnan, he stopped and said, كَذَبَ النَّسَّابُونَ كَذَبَ النَّسَّابُونَ That the genealogists have lied, meaning after this point. The genealogists, meaning those who study genealogy, science of studying uh, lineage, the lineage of people. However, from the point of Muhammad up to Adnan, then there is complete agreement upon that. But between Adnan and Ismail, then there is a difference of opinion. Much has been said about who are those who are between Adnan and Ismail. However, there is complete agreement that Adnan is from the descendants of Ismail. There is complete agreement that Adnan is from the descendants of Ismail. Muhammad sallallahu is Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim ibn Abd Manaf ibn Qusay ibn, ibn Kilab ibn Murra ibn Ka'b ibn Lu'ay ibn Ghalib ibn Fihr ibn Malik ibn Nadr ibn Kanana 
ابن خزيمه ابن مدركه ابن الياس ابن ابن مضر ابن النزار ابن معد ابن عدنان to that point all of those those fathers that have been mentioned and the grandfathers then up until that point of عدنان then there's no difference of opinion and there's there are many fawaid many benefits we can take just from studying the lineage of the prophet sallallahu because he was from quraish and quraish again with complete agreement that tribe of quraish then they were the best from all all of the arab tribes the best and the most noble of tribes and just through studying the forefathers of the messenger of allah sallallahu then there are many benefits and we can take we can take benefits and we can see who is quraish and when we refer to quraish who is quraish and we can see also who are those who were related to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from his companions and where they meet with the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his lineage like abu bakr and umar and uthman and ali all of them the khulafa and also others from the aima and from the benefits also of knowing the lineage also is and those who were related to the messenger of allah sallallahu is to know whom it is haram upon for them to accept sadaqa because ali ali rasul sallallahu cannot it's haram for them to accept sadaqa and also who are those who are allowed to take from the hummus that fifth that fifth portion of the wabuti so there are many benefits and even to the point where uh, we can even go back and take some benefits we can go back to even some of the previous prophets up to Nuh and up to Adam alayhi salam that which has been said although like we said that there's some difference uh, from the point of Adnan to, to, to Ismail but I fear that that's going to take too long maybe we can put aside a session maybe after we finish this, this book we're almost at the end and before, before we begin something new that maybe we can dedicate one session just to studying some of something from the lineage of the messenger of allah sallallahu and something from those who were related to him and even his daughters his sons how many daughters did he have how many sons did he have and some of some of the benefits related to to those related to the messenger of allah sallallahu the imam he kept it brief and he said that hashim is from quraysh and quraysh are from the arab and the arab are from the descendants of Ismail, the son of Ibrahim. The Arabs were called Arabs, because, as the scholars they mention, why were the, the Arabs called Arabs? Because the Arabs, they would make I'rab of their kalam. Meaning, they would make that which in English they, they, they refer to as inflection on, of their speech. Of their words in their sentences and in their speech. What that refers to is how there is a change in the form of a word, usually at the end, to express a grammatical function uh, within the sentence or within one's speech. So they used to make i'rab of their speech. The Arabs were known for this. 
that they certain words depending on what it comes in the sentence then it will change its ending maybe with a dhamma or a fatha or a kasra this this they refer to as i'rab so the arabs they would make i'rab of their kalam and that's why they were called arabs the arabs are of two types the arabs are of two types al-arab al-'ariba and al-arab al-musta'raba al-arab al-'ariba and they are the original arabs the original arabs and from them are the qahtaniyah qahtaniyah referring to those arabs and the tribe that came from yemen they are the original arabs qahtaniyah from yemen the second is al-arab al-musta'raba those arabs who were arabized meaning they became arabs they weren't arab in the in the in their origin they became arab through adopting the arabic language learning it and then speaking with it learning the arab the arab culture and taking on the the, the arab identity and this second category of arabs are the adnaniyah so when we said adnan that they are from the descendants of adnan and as we mentioned, Adnan is from the descendants of Ismail, السلام, and the majority of Arabs are from this second category. The majority of Arabs are from this second category, the Adnaniya, the Arab al-Musta'raba. Ismail, السلام, in his origin was not Arab. Ismail, in his origin, was not Arab. Ibrahim, السلام, he came with him to Mecca with Hajar, his wife. And that story is well known, that he came with Hajar. Ibrahim السلام, he was married to Sarah. And they went past a ballad, a land, and when they came to that land, there was a Jabbar, a tyrant who was in charge of that land. And those people who used to work for the tyrant, they went to him and they said that there is this Ibrahim and he has with him a woman min ahsanin nas, meaning from the most beautiful of people, of women. And so the tyrant, he summoned them both. He called them both. And Ibrahim, and this hadith is in, Sahih, in the Sahihain, in, Sahih, in Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih Muslim. A well-known uh, story that took place with Ibrahim alayhi salam. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he said to Hajar that I fear that he's going to take you from me. But if he sees you and he finds out that you're my wife, then he's going to take you from me. And so he said, and that's why the Messenger of Allah sallam, he said, لَمْ يَكْذِبْ إِبْرَهِيمَ النَّبِيِّ قَطْ ever. Meaning he never lied. Ibrahim السلام, never lied except illa thalath kadabat. Except for three lies. One of them when he said, Inni saqim. I am, I am ill. I am sick. When he said to his people, when his people were going out for that Eid, that festival, 
pagan festival of them worshiping the idols, that he made an excuse so that he, so that he may stay behind. So he lied. Fidatillah is mentioned in the hadith that he did it for the sake of Allah. These, these two times. The first, he said that I am ill. Why? So that he may stay behind, that he may break the idols. And then, when they came back, and they said, who did this? And they said, it was Ibrahim. He said, فَعَلَهُ كَبِيرُهُمْ هَذَا He said, that the big idol, because he smashed all the idols, but left the, the big idol. And he said, that it was the big idol that did this. And so he lied, because it was himself. However, as the scholars say, that this is, in reality, it wasn't lying, because when he said, إِنِّي سَقِيمٌ I am sick and ill, meaning that sickness of the heart, meaning my heart is sick of the shirk that you are committing. That I am sick of this ibadah, of the awthan, of the idols, this worship of the idols. And the third was concerning Sarah. The third was concerning Sarah. When he said to the tyrant that she is in her ukhti, she is my sister. But in reality, she was his wife. But in one, one wording, he said, he said, Laysa ala wajhil arb. He said to Sarah, he says, that I have lied, and I have said that you're my sister, so don't, don't contradict me. He said, Laysa ala wajhil arb. Mu'min ala wajhil arb. Ghayri wa ghayrik. That there is no other believer on the face of the earth except for me and you. No other Muslim. And in one wording, Islam, That you're my sister in Islam. So again, he wasn't lying. She was his sister in Islam. Just like those of you who are married, your wives are still your sisters in Islam. And so at this point, the tyrant, he, he couldn't hold back. And... He called Sarah to come forward and he had to, he just had to touch her. He had to reach out and touch her. He couldn't help it because of her beauty. And he was a tyrant. But when he put his hand out, he felt this force holding his hand back. Qabd, which was shadeed. Severe force holding him back. And so he turned and he said to Sarah, make dua to your, to, to your Lord, to Allah. Which shows, and the scholars they mention that even here, this tyrant who used to worship others besides Allah, how do, how do we know that he used to worship others besides Allah? That he was a mushrik and a disbeliever. How do we know that? Huh? That would indicate he's a Muslim. Because he said, make dua to Allah. That he releases my hand. That would indicate that he's a Muslim. But how do we know that he wasn't a Muslim? Ahsant. Because Ibrahim Islam said to Sarah that, that there is not on the face of the earth another believer except for me and you. But some of the scholars they say that look how even this tyrant he knew. Inside he knew. Make dua to Allah. He said make dua, dua to Allah that he releases my hand. And so his hand, and he, said, he said make dua to Allah to release my hand and I won't harm you. And so she made dua. And some narrations mentioned that she made that uh, before 
she made wudu and she prayed to Allah, which shows that wudu was something which was uh, a practice of the Ummah before, those nations before. And Ibrahim also, that while she was before the tyrant, that he was praying in prayer. So his hand was released. But then the tyrant Jabbar again, second time, put his hand out. Again, with a force which is even greater, his hand was held back. And then again the same thing. Make dua to Allah. So she did. His hand was released. Third time again, after he said he wouldn't harm her, did it again. And then, he said, after the third time, and after it was very severe, he said, take her away from me, she is a shaitan. She is a shaitan, take her away from me. And give her, Hajar, to serve her. So Hajar came, was a, was a gift from the Jabbar. And scholars, even in just on this point, there's a, there's a fa'idah. That you can accept the gifts from the mushrikeen. Because Ibrahim and Hajj, they accepted. The gift of, of uh, Ibrahim and Sarah, they accepted the gift of, of Hajar. So he gave Hajar to Sarah because he said that she is deserving of being served. Of having someone serve her. And so he gave her Hajar. The point being is Ibrahim salam with Sarah, Sarah didn't bear him any children. And he became old and he wanted children. And so Sarah gave to him, gave to him Hajar. Because the tyrant gave Hajar to Sarah. And then Sarah said to Ibrahim, I will give you Hajar. Meaning so that she could bear you children. And then came Ismail from Hajar. But Sarah she became extremely jealous. Although she gave Hajar to Ibrahim, she became extremely jealous. And so then Allah commanded Ibrahim to take Hajar away, and to take her to, to huh? Mecca, to Mecca. And so he left her there. He went there, and then he was about to go. And then Hajar, she said to him, that you're going to leave us here, in this place where there's nothing, no one. And we have very little with us, very little food and water. But he didn't speak. And then she said, has Allah commanded you with this? And he, he indicated yes. And so she said, go. Because Allah will not cause us to die and cause us to become lost. And so then Ibrahim Islam he went. And Ismail at this point was still radi'ah. He was still being breastfed. He was still a toddler. And it became severe because there was no food. And they ran out of food and ran out of, of, of water. And even the breast milk. To the point where she feared that Ismail now was going to die. And so she ran to Safa. She ran to Safa at the top of the hill to see if there's anyone there. Over the mountain to see if there's any people. And when there was no one there, she ran to Marwa. Seven times. And she almost gave up. To the point where then she heard a voice by, by Ismail. And that was Jibreel. And then Jibreel, after searching uh, in the ground, then there came the well of Zamzam. The well of Zamzam. 
the point of mentioning that story is that Ismail السلام, he was with Hajar and they were in Mecca and then eventually people from the tribe of Jurhum people from the tribe of Jurhum from Yemen a tribe from Yemen they came and settled there and they were Arab they were Arab Ismail at that point he was an Arab but he grew up with them he learned Arabic he learned how to speak Arabic he married from them and so he became Arab and those his descendants were were now Arabs the Imam he continues and he says وَلَهُ مِنَ الْعُمَرِ الثَّلَاثِ وَسِتُّونَ سَنَةِ مِنْهَا رَبْعَوْنَا قَبْلَ النُّبُوَّةِ وَثَلَاثٌ وَعِشْرُونَ فِي النُّبُوَّةِ نُبَّأَ بِإِكْرَةِ وَأُرْسِلَ بِالْمُدَّثِّرِ وَبَلَدُهُ مَكَّةِ And he lived 63 years. From them, 40 years before prophethood, before being commissioned as a prophet, and 23 years as a messenger and a prophet. He was sent as a prophet by Iqra, meaning when the verse Iqra was revealed to him, at that point he became a prophet. And he was commissioned as a messenger with, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'anthir. When that surah, and those ayats were revealed. And his city is Mecca. And he migrated to Medina. And as we know, we know that the Messenger of Allah he was born in Amul Fil, in that year of the elephant. That is referring to when the king of Yemen, in that year, he sent an army with a large elephant to take down the Kaaba. That's the year when the Messenger of Allah was born. And his father... Abdullah, he died whilst he was still in the womb of his mother. And she died shortly after he was born. And then he went to, or under the care of, his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib. Abdul Muttalib. And then, shortly after, he died. And then he went to, anyone know? Abu Talib. Abu Talib. He went to Abu Talib. And so he was under the care of Abu Talib. And so he lived. He lived for 40 years, staying away from the practices of his people. Staying away from the worship of the idols, from drinking alcohol and the likes and those things that his people and the, and the Mushrikeen of Quraysh used to take part in. Some scholars mention that he was born Thani Ashur Rabir Awwal, the twelfth of Rabir Awwal, that month Rabir Awwal, Yom Al Ithnain. However, as far as I know, there's a, there's some difference of opinion in that specific month. However, Yom Al Ithnain, Yom Al Ithnain, that has been established. He was born on a Monday. The Prophet ﷺ he used to go to the to the cave of Hira, Ghar Hira. He used to go to that cave and worship Allah. He used to 
go away from his people and from that shirk and their evil practices. And he used to go to the cave of Hira and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there came to him the angel Jibreel السلام, And he came with Iqra. As you know the story that the messenger of Allah sallallahu he said that he can't read. And then he told him again, read. Until the messenger of Allah sallallahu he memorized those ayat and then went back to Khadija. His wife, who believed in him straight away. And she said, by Allah, Allah will not disgrace you. And Allah will not leave you. For indeed you, you honor the guests, you keep the ties with your relatives, and you help the needy. The scholars, they differ as to how long there was between this encounter with Jibreel and the one after. Some of the scholars, they say that there was a, a period of six months. Some of them say two years. However, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he used to, he used to yearn to see Jibreel Alayhi again. Because he knew it was the truth. And he knew that it was from Allah. So he used to go back and forth to, to the cave. Again, hoping that Jibreel would come to him. And then on one occasion he heard Jibreel Alayhi say, Anta Nabiullah. You are the Prophet of Allah. And he looked to, the, to his right, looked to his left, didn't see him. But then he looked to the sky, and he saw Jibreel السلام, in, his, in his form that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him in, as an angel. Because the, the first encounter, he came as a man. But that second encounter, he saw him in his actual form, as an angel, with over 600 wings and he was scared and he went back to his wife and said zammiluni zammiluni meaning cover me cover me he felt cold it's not a, an easy affair to see an angel to see jibreel السلام. the imam he says ba'athahullah bin nidara an shirk allah sent him to warn against shirk and to call to Tawheed, to the worship of Allah alone. And the proof for that is, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'anthir, wa rabbaka fa'kabbir, wa thiyabaka fa'tahhir, wa rujza fa'hjir, wa la tamnun tastakthir, wa li rabbika fa'sbir. That is the saying of Allah, O you, wrapped in garments, Stand and warn, warn your people. And, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ And magnify your Lord, magnify Allah. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَحِّرْ And purify your garments. وَالرُّجْزَ فَحْجُرْ Shun the idols, turn away from the idols. وَلَا تَمْنُمْ تَسْتَكْثِرْ And do not give anything in order to receive something more in return. وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ and be patient for the sake of your Lord. And the meaning of the Imam, he says, the meaning of قُمْ فَأَنذِرْ 
is to warn against shirk and call to tawheed. Your Lord magnify, meaning magnify Him with the tawheed. And your garments purify, meaning purify your deeds from shirk. And shun the idols. They are the idols. And keeping away from them is leaving them, turning away from them. Being free of them and whoever is associated with them. And so with this, Ya Ayuhal Muddathir, he became a messenger. Prior to that, he was just a prophet. Iqra' Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq In that surah, there is no, in those ayat, there is no commands. There are no commands to, to warn. But, Ya Ayuhal Muddathir, Qum Fa'anthir Then there is a command. Qum Fa'anthir Qum, stand. Fa'anthir, and warn. أَخَذَ عَلَى هَذَا عَشْرَ سِنِينَ يَدْعُوا إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ So he spent 10 years calling to, to this tawheed. And then after 10 years, After 10 years, he was taken up to the heavens. A difference of opinion as it relates to when the salah, exactly when it was made obligatory. And that Isra and the Mi'raj. The Imam, he mentions here that he was taken to the heavens and the five daily prayers were ordained upon him and he prayed in Mecca for three years. And we know that he made the hijrah in the 13th year. And so here there's a difference of opinion. Some of the scholars they say that the prayer was made obligatory before the hijrah by a year. Some of them they say by two years. Others they say, some say three years and then others they say five years. But that which the imam his, the position of the Imam here is that it was uh, in the tenth year, and then he prayed three years in Mecca. Three years in Mecca. Our Sheikh Sheikh Salih Al Fawzan he he says that this, in, according to the opinion of the Sheikh, that that's the stronger position. In the beginning of the call of the Messenger of Allah Sallam. He called Sirran in secret. He called in secret. So this was the first stage. There were two stages. The first stage to call in secret. Sheikh Ubaid, he mentions that he did that for three years. He called in secret for three years. And then, up until the point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He, he revealed the ayah in Surah Al-Hijr, فَاصْدَعْ بِمَا تُؤْمَرْ فَاصْدَعْ بِمَا تُؤْمَرْ Meaning proclaim out loud بِمَا تُؤْمَرْ With that which you have been commanded. Meaning call to it now. With the tawheed that you have been commanded with. And then so he was taken up to the, to the heavens. And he went on that night journey. And he went to Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem to lead the Anbiya. And he led the Anbiya, the Prophets. In prayer. Question. You know how I like to give you those questions. Question. When the when the Prophet ﷺ went on that barak, 
that animal and that beast with Jibreel, with the company of Jibreel, to Jerusalem and up the heavens. Was that a, with his soul or was it with his soul and body? Meaning, was he asleep? His body was in Mecca and his soul went to Jerusalem and up to the heavens. Or was it the body and soul? And the rest of the ikhwah? Let's go with that understanding. Umtaz, Zain. What's the proof though, Muhammad? Uh, if he didn't go with his body and soul, uh -huh. it will have just been a grief. There will not have been anything special about it. Ah, Tayyip, we'll comment on that. <laughs> we'll comment on that. Tayyip. Is it the day after? Tayyip? Kamil? Uh, they said that when the people went to Abu Bakr, mm -hmm. A proof that is, yes, Masha, it's all coming out now. There you go. Because he used the Barak and he said that other prophets used it. And huh? So if the other prophets used it in the past, there you go. they used it in, using their body and soul, and mm -hmm. also using the Barak, and he must have used it in his body and soul. Zakmullah Khairan for, oh, mashallah, there's another one. And even clearer, just to move on, an even clearer verse in all of that that, you, that the brothers mentioned, Jazakumullah Khairan, for your input, is Subhanaladhi Asra the Abadihi Abd with his slave. That Subhanaladhi, glory be to he who caused his slave to take that night journey. Abadihi, Abd is not applied to the Ruh. You don't say about the Ruh, the soul. Servant. Abd is applied to the soul and the body. The soul and the body. Another question. Tayyip. The Anbiya. Okay, so we said about the Prophet that he was soul and body. The Anbiya that he led in prayer and that he met in the heavens was it soul and body? Bil Adilla. The best answer is, if you don't know, is Allahu A'lam, as Imran, he said. But what Imran said was correct about Isa, alayhi salam. Uh, the Anbiya, when the Prophet, salam, he led them in prayer, and when he met them in the heavens, then as Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentioned, rahimahullah, 
is that, and, and others from the A'imma, such as Ibn Hajr also, is that they were present by soul, but their souls took the form of their bodies. But their souls took the form of their bodies, their actual bodies. Except for Isa Islam. Because he was taken up to the heavens, both body and soul. Except for Jesus. He was taken up to the heavens with both body and soul. And he was later ordered to migrate to Medina. The Imam, he says, وَبَعْدَهَا أُمِرَ بِالْحِجْرَةِ إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ And then after that, he was ordered to migrate from Mecca to Medina. And now he brings some proofs for the obligation of Hijrah. And he says, وَالْحِجْرَةِ فَرِيضَةِ وَالْحِجْرَةِ فَرِيضَةِ عَلَى هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ مِنْ بَلَدِ الشِّرْكِ إِلَى بَلَدِ الْإِسْلَامِ That hijrah is an obligation, migrating from the lands of the disbelievers to the lands of the Muslims is an obligation upon this ummah. وَهِيَ بَاقِيَةِ إِلَى أَن تَقُومُ And it remains an obligation up until the final hour. And the proof is his saying the most high Inna ladhina tawaffahumul malaika zalimi anfusihim qalu fi ma kuntum as for those whom the angels take in death whilst they are wronging themselves and whilst they are in that state of wronging themselves meaning they stayed behind and they stayed amongst the disbelievers even though hijrah was made obligatory for them. And the angels will say to them, Fima kuntum? They will say, In what condition were you? Meaning, what state did you, in what state did you die? And in what condition were you? And they will reply, That we were weak and oppressed on the earth. So the angels will say, Was not Allah's earth spacious enough for you to, to, to migrate and to immigrate? Within the lands. Such men will find their abode in hell. What an evil destination. Except for the weak ones among, um, among the men, women and children who were unable to migrate or find a way to do so. For these there is hope that Allah will pardon them. And Allah is ever of pardoning, of forgiving. And also he's saying... O oh, my slaves who believe, certainly my earth is spacious, so flee to a place where you can worship me alone. The Imam himself explains the meaning of hijrah, and he says that it is al-intiqal min balad al-shirk ila balad al-islam, to migrate away from the lands of disbelief to the lands of Islam and the lands of the Muslims. Hijrah is of two types. Hijrah is of two types. Hijrah, which is the intiqal al-badan. That hijrah, which involves 
migrating in person with your body. You yourself, you migrate from one land to another land. And then there is hijrah, intiqal, al-qalb. That migration of the heart. That migration of the heart. And that is to abandon, to migrate away from the disobedience to Allah. To migrate away from sins and disobedience. To the obedience to Allah. Likewise that which has come in the hadith. Al-Muhajir man hajar al-khataya wal-dhunub. Al-Muhajir, the one who migrates, is the one who leaves and migrates away from al-khataya, from making mistakes, those blameworthy mistakes, and dhunub, and sins. The hijrah, as it relates to the Sahaba, then there were three hijras that they made. The first hijrah was to where? Abyssinia, Habasha. They migrated to, Allah gave them permission. Allah gave them permission when the harm from the mushrikeen had intensified. Allah gave them permission to migrate to Abyssinia. Because there was there a leader, the king, a Najashi, who, although he was Christian, he was a just, he was a just man. And he became Muslim. And Najashi became Muslim. He accepted Islam. And the Sahaba, when rumors came to them that the harm from the Mushrikeen had lessened, and that many of them became Muslim, there were rumors, they came back to Mecca. But they were just rumors. They were just rumors. And so, they migrated again. But this time to where? Again to Abyssinia. Again to Abyssinia. And then third hijrah was to, was to Medina. Sheikh Ubaid bin Abdullah al-Jabri, Hafidhullah, he mentioned when it was explaining this point in this book, he said that hijrah tajib ala al-Muslim. Iza kana fi baladin min balad al-kuffar la ya'man fihi ala dinihi wa irdih. That hijrah is obligatory upon a Muslim if he is in the lands, in a land from the lands of the kuffar, from the disbelievers, the non-Muslims, if he isn't safe as it relates to his religion, practicing his religion, he can't openly manifest his religion, practice his religion, and his honor also as a Muslim. If his honor isn't safe from the non-Muslims, then at this point it becomes obligatory. It becomes obligatory. أَمَّا إِذَا كَانَ يَأْمَنْ عَلَى دِينِ وَعِرْضِهِ فَهُوَ لَيْسَتْ بِوَاجِبَ عَلَيْهِ As for if 
he is able to practice his religion in safety. His religion, they don't harm him as it relates to his religion and his honor. Then, it's not obligatory. لَكِنَّهَا سُنَّةِ However, it is a sunnah. It remains a sunnah. وَالْأَوْلَى أَنْ يُحَاجِرَ الْمُسْلِمِ مِنْ بِلَادِ الْكُفَّارِ إِلَى بِلَادِ الْإِسْلَامِ But that which is better, that which is still better, even if it is not obligatory, is that a Muslim, he migrates and leaves the land of the disbelievers. We'll continue next week, inshallah, with the rest. Just to finish with the question, another question. We mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, he was made a prophet, with the verse, Iqra' bismi rabbika ladhi khalaq. Question, when was this? 40 years. 40, he was 40 years old, good. But can we narrow it down to a particular time, like um, in a particular month, day? Hmm? Ramadan. We can narrow it down to Ramadan because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentioned, Shahru Ramadan, Alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. Meaning that the Qur'an, not that all of it was revealed in Ramadan, but it began. The revelation began, and Jibreel, السلام, he came to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in Ramadan. So that was in Ramadan. What day of the week? Hmm? One day? Harun, mashallah. Monday? So we have we have the evidence from the Quran that it was in Ramadan. But then if you're gonna say Monday, what's your proof for that? So we take we take from the Quran that it, it was in Ramadan, and we take from the Sunnah that Hadith in Sahih Muslim, when Abu Qatada Qutta, he asked the Messenger of Allah وسلم, about Monday, and he said Fihi Wulit, as we mentioned earlier on, he was born on a Monday. That was established. That's established. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was born on a Monday. Fihi Wulit, wa Fihi Bu'ithd, and on it on Monday I was sent. As a prophet, meaning that Jibreel, Jibreel came to me with the Iqra in the cave of Hira in Ramadan. Hada wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala Muhammad wa ala alayhi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Anyone memorize the lineage of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu At the end, inshallah, when we finish the book, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, try to go into a bit more detail and give you some time to memorize the, the lineage. Inshallah.